the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, Backbone Radio time. Yes, we'll run from 4 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And people keep talking about it's supposed to rain a lot. There was even like a flood advisories put up. But are they vanishing? I, I haven't checked in the last little while. We might be finishing this show in a deluge, but um, looks kind of blue sky mostly from my window right here. Yes, Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio. Just back from a little uh, sojourn, flew out to see some family in Utah, ran around Utah, did some rafting, got on the got on the inner tubes, got on uh, we, we, we our family's done a lot of whitewater rafting uh, for many decades. Since before anybody else knew what it was, you've had the Dunn family out there on the whitewater going down, yeah, all the different rivers, the Rio Grande River, the Colorado River, the Blue River, the Eagle River, um, the San Juan. We have crisscrossed this state and done a bit of that in Utah even. And had my three oldest kids out there on the water, and they did well. Nobody uh, fell in too many times. <laughs> and one thing I will say, when you're traveling with four little kids, you have to have a lot of, it was just a few days, you have to have a ton of bags, huge amount of baggage. And I thought, yeah, I can carry all that. I can carry all that, you know, burly dad, right? But I will say this, that they have revamped the airport in Utah. And it's like you got to really trek like a long ways to get to the baggage claim and to get to from the gate and to the gate and the whole deal. And there was a point where I felt like this is almost a little too heavy for dad to carry all this stuff. But I persevered, and I, I went stoic. How are you doing, Dad? Uh, I'm good. I'm good, son. Real, real, no problem. <laughs> but, man, that was heavy, and it does take a lot of gear. I'm a gear person anyway, but, yeah, we had plenty of our gear, and I don't know, all kinds of fun stories. Maybe we ate a lot of ice cream. How big is ice cream in Utah? Anybody notice this? That everywhere you go, there's like ice cream and you're supposed to eat a lot of it. And so I decided I think I'm going to take like a week off of eating after having consumed more ice cream than I think I've consumed in the last maybe two years. I consumed in about two days in our wonderful neighbors to the West, which unfortunately are, unfortunately are saddled with, with Mitt Romney, the, the absolute disgusting loser human being. Did see a bunch of Burgess Owen signs around Salt Lake City. He's he's cool. I hope he wins his congressional campaign. Burgess Owens, I believe he's the former football player. Very close with one Donald J. Trump. And that might bring me to some of our topics tonight. And that it was a primary week. A lot of very significant primaries were going on. Shall we say in with uh, Arizona and Michigan and uh, Washington, a few other places like that. And the MAGA candidates ran the table, just flat out 
ran the table. Uh, Trump had a big, massive rally in Wisconsin. Said that he's 45-0 and 0 this week. All 45 candidates that he endorsed and supported just one, just ran the table and some big ones in Arizona. If you listen to Backbone Radio a little bit, you've heard me talking about Blake Masters and Kerry Lake. you got to support them. Blake Masters running for Senate, Kerry Lake for governor, and they both just nailed it. They brought it home. Blake Masters in particular just cruised, cruised to victory. Which was really, really fun to see. He started at out of nowhere. He started at zero. And a bunch of the other big names, you know, the establishment, rhino-funded big names like Mark Burnovich, the AG of Arizona, who is just a total, total loser stooge down there. And he, uh, I think he barely got into double digits at Burnovich in the end. And he recorded that infamous ad where he's like standing there holding nunchucks or nunchucks and flipping his nunchucks around and says that, yeah, don't mess with me because I've got the nunchucks. And I was like, whoa, that is the single stupidest political ad I have ever seen, even from a rhino in Arizona. But um, go down the list. Let's, let's cover a bunch of that. The only real debates that happen in America today politically are within the Republican Party or within the Republican primaries. And so that's where the you know, Democrats don't have that. They just anoint their chosen individual, and they go cruise to victory because they don't allow a choice for their voters. I mean, who can think of an exciting Democrat primary we've had anywhere in America in the last however many years even? Does that even happen, exciting Democrat primaries? No, but they're very exciting in the Republican world, and of course it pits the uh, Republican voting base, which is America first, the America first voting base against the weird rhino types who persist in being rhinos when they don't have a constituency. Nobody likes the America last rhino stuff. (laughs) And they play all kinds of games and tricks and they try to do stuff and float certain candidates out there like they've done with uh, Joe Kent in Washington. And that they're still counting that one. They're still counting. By the way, another uh, pro impeachment Republican, Peter Meyer went down the tubes up in Michigan. A fellow named Gibbs ran a great campaign and knocked off. And so that's six out of ten rhino Republican impeachment voters are done. And one is pending, the one in Washington, that uh, Herrera Bootler, rhino Republican, versus a few others in that Joe Kent. And Joe Kent is probably going to actually end up on top They've got, apparently, last night I saw 30,000 votes still to count, and Kent is down by 257, again, in a stacked, rhino-rigged-type primary. Um, He's probably going to still pull it out, but I'm going to be looking for updates on that as the show goes on. I've been following that one very, very closely. Of course, Liz Cheney's one of the 10. And CNN went up to Wyoming trying to find a uh, pro-Cheney Republican up there, and (laughs) they... They kept putting microphones in front of people, and they were like, oh, Liz Cheney, I hate her. Oh, can't stand. Oh, oh, barf. She's the worst. Oh. And I was like, man, a lot of people in Wyoming must listen to Backbone Radio. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we maybe uh, we're at least helping that cause up there. But CNN did find two Republicans who like Cheney. And I don't know 
if they had to like pay them to say that or how did that I mean how there's they found two of them I don't think there are two of them I don't I I was thinking oh that's fake <laughs> no there's a couple there's got to be at least two in Wyoming that like Liz Cheney but let, let's cover all of that and I did want to throw this out there about Joe O'Day running for Senate in Colorado as the Republican won a tight primary against Ron Hanks but um, of course he's a pro-choice Republican, wants to codify Roe. Has he amended anything about that? He wants to codify Roe, put the Roe into law. But then he comes out and he says the other day, uh, yeah, I hope Trump doesn't run in 2024. I hope I won't support Trump if he runs in 20." And I was like, oh, okay. What do you think of that? What do, you, what, does, what do people out there think of Joe O'Day right now? And again, I laid low in the primary, didn't say a whole lot about it around here. I wasn't trying to get all involved in all that. And I figured that the candidates that were put forward seemed like they're ostensibly good enough. But we have a pro-choicer, seeming like extreme, if he really wants to codify Roe. And he's like slapping the base of the party around by saying, oh, I, oh, I don't want to see Trump as president. I don't, I don't like. What do you think of that? Do you think Joe O'Day is maybe, I don't know, should he just run as a Democrat? I mean, why not run as a Democrat? Um, Maybe that's what he should do instead of running as a Republican. I don't know. Do you think that's really going to serve us well? Is that going to motivate the base to get out there and, you know, put up signs for this guy and walk neighborhoods and canvas districts for this guy? I just, I'm just, I just, just, I think it's such an unforced error and I might just throw it out there as the show goes on. Anybody want to comment on how they're feeling about Joe O'Day at this point? Is he doing a good job? Or is this going to be like a Democrat against a Democrat in Colorado? And that's what just what we need because it's like a blue state, right? So you have to run a Democrat because, of course, the Democrats are going to be tempted to vote for somebody who says negative things about Trump, right? They're going to really switch over, yeah? Anyway, it's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone. I've got all kinds of other stuff. And we'll just have some fun tonight. Be right back. Yeah, why not have a little Fleetwood Mac this first hour? Somehow I'm in a Fleetwood mood. We might have a few more Fleetwood. One of those bands that obviously was huge in the 70s, huge in the 80s, even the 90s. And they're, like, still huge. I think um, for some reason they have a huge nostalgia crowd that listens to them, and their music just still sounds fresh and good. They were musicians, you know. At any rate, I was just kind of throwing that out there about um, how are we doing with Joe O'Day. In the Joe O'Day, here's an article in The Hill by Chloe Fulmar. The Republican nominee for Senate in Colorado said on Friday that he hopes neither President Biden nor former President Trump runs for president in 2024. Here's the quote from Joe O'Day, quote, As far as Trump's concerned, I hope he doesn't run. I don't want to see him as president, end quote. O'Day continued, quote, I think a lot of people are ready to move our country forward, so I wouldn't support him running again, end quote. And so that's just kind of the bullet points. He said some negative things about Joe Biden. But real lack of nuance there, real lack of subtlety there. It's, uh, to me, it's an amateur error. It's an amateur gaffe. 
And heading into the primary, Joe O'Day had said that, uh, quote, if Donald Trump happens to be the Republican nominee, then I definitely won't vote for Biden, quote, end quote. That's what he said before the primary. And now he's, uh, what else did he say? He said, quote, uh, this is, uh, so heading into the primary, of course, he didn't come out and say this. But now after the primary, of course, he comes out and uh, gets pretty harsh with his criticisms of President Trump. And um, he also said this, quote, there's a lot of great talent out there. We need to move this country forward. I think that seeing a Biden-Trump rematch again in 2024 would rip the country apart. Anyway, just getting a little sense of where Joe O'Day stands on things. Yeah. So pro-choicer, big time pro-choicer, apparently. Um, and um, doesn't have any nuance, any subtlety or show respect for what Trump's legacy has been, Trump's accomplishments have been, Trump's golden era, peace on earth under Trump. Cheap gas, golden glowing economy, energy independence. It's, uh, yeah, the way to win, thank the rhinos, is to essentially become a Democrat. And uh, will they be proven right? Is that how you do it? Let's say hello to the phone lines, 303-696-1971. We've got Rick checking in. Honored to have Rick drop by the program. And, yeah, Rick, what are you seeing out there, well, sir? First, you read my mind because this is what I had my notes to lead off with. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Apparently he missed the uh, rhino class from Lindsey Graham and John McCain. Is you don't do that until after you the election and you hopefully win. You don't tell the base they're going to screw you over before the election. Yep. So I mean – Talk Amateur error. Stupid. No, they... Amateur. And this Look, is... in my circle, Matt, people calling me with this. He, he, he's not only... Well, he has no chance now, obviously, but he hurts the rest of the ticket, for God's sake. Yeah. Don't you think it's a bad omen for November? I mean, if he steps out like this... I mean, Biden is screwing up the country, and Michael Bennett is a very weak Democrat oh. opponent. And if you can handle this with a little bit of nuance, a little bit of subtlety, and a little bit of like less insult to the base of the party, especially in a week when, you know, MAGA America First candidates just won 45 primary elections. Trump and Dorsey's got 44. They're 45 and 0 this week. And that's when O'Day comes out and well, does this. I'm proud to say, I, I no, I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to vote for Rhino, and that's that. I, you just you just can't do it, you think? And oh, that's... no, not this time. I've held my nose many times. No, no mas, no mas. I have to have certain standards of my own heart. Yeah, that's going to be a, a tough one. And I think I'm going to, I am sure tempted to just be right there with you. But I'm, I'm going to give it just a little bit more time. Um, I know some of the people who are uh, the pro-life community is going to give O'Day a little bit more time to see if he wants to edge into a little, uh, you know, nuance or uh, walk some things back. But Matt, you know he's listening to the Colorado Rhino Advisors by doing this. They're convinced, Dick Wadhams, you have to go to the middle and get the independence. They don't care about Trump voters. This is planned. Maybe he's not that stupid. This is planned because that's all Wadhams has been advising him from what I understand. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't. Is, is Wadhams on that uh, advisory panel? Is he one of the people involved? I guess I don't have any idea. I haven't seen that. But, uh, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the rhino types are the ones that have helped orchestrate the conversion of Colorado from a red to a blue state. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they've turned it red to blue. Yeah. Look at Carrie so. Lake, the, the excitement. She's going to win because she stands for something, and people come out for that. I'm not going to walk across my floor to vote for this joker, and I mean that. This is, this is an insult. It really is. It, I mean, come it, it on, is he's a never-Trumper. We, we, this, is, this is beyond the beyond. And then again, I say you're so stupid that, you know, you do the McCain. You promise, you promise, then after you win, you screw your constituency over he did it before the election. He's so stupid. Yeah, good point. You know, at least you should have the cur- You know, if you're really, that's the way. If you're a sophisticated rhino, you pull these stunts afterwards. But right. if you're an amateur rhino, <laughs> I mean, well, talk about a rookie rhino mistake, huh? Jeez. Yeah. So I just I think it's uh, it's most unfortunate, and of course some people are saying, oh well, but Heidi Ganala, she's going too far to the right now um, after the primary, and yeah, look at that, Carrie Lake running in Arizona. Man, did you see the excitement and the passion behind exactly. her campaign? And she it, beat a rhino billionaire, right? It, a billionaire. Why, yeah. Do people really think Colorado is that lost that we can't put up candidates to say, hey, here's where we stand? Well, I will tell you my thoughts that what the Colorado Republican Party should have done heading into 2016 was become an America first Republican Party. But unfortunately, the powers that be within the Colorado Republican Party are not that. They find that anathema. They don't like that. They want, you know, essentially the rhino type policies, which is essentially the globalism and the open borders and so forth. And they think that candidates are exciting if they mention maybe reducing taxes a little bit somewhere along the way. Oh, that's, that's the old rhino line. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, Trump does that anyhow. America first. But, see, the, the way you actually get somewhere is you, if you can convert the party, in, you can harness the energy, tap into the energy, which is huge, of the yeah. Republican Party base, which yeah. it wants to see sovereignty and America first. And Absolutely. I, I saw the Waukesha, Wisconsin rally. It was great. Did you see that crowd? Wow. The, the, the pictures of it are just amazing. I mean, how thousands. do you get that many thousands of people to show up for you like that? It's just, it's just magical what Donald Trump can do. It, it, the energy, hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours to, to speak. You know how tough that is. It's extremely tough. It's tough. And you know what he does is that he like is almost yelling the whole time. I mean, his vocal power is immense. And you go in there and, like, bark into a microphone for 60, 90 minutes, two hours, that, that is an athlete. You know what I mean? That, that, oh, is, yeah. a, that is a strong person. Now, Biden obviously can't even do, at, for even a minute, he can't do that. Isn't it? Yeah. So, it, it was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's frustrating a, it's when you think of what should have been. But uh, I guess here comes the end of this segment. But you, yeah. you're just thinking it's going to be hard for you to come around on O'Day. You just think, oh, no, man. No, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. And he has zero chance now. Anyhow, and everyone I know that's in the base that, you know, gives money to conservative candidates, that there's no way. Yeah. He, he just, you know, it's no way. Just, okay. It's just getting hard. I don't know. It's just wrong way kind of stuff here, in my opinion. But, Rick, 
outstanding set of points, and we'll continue this. Be right back. There we go. Rhiannon from Fleetwood Mac. One of my all-time favorite guitar riffs. And somebody sent in a note that uh, Fleetwood Mac was better in the 60s and the 70s. What did they say here? Yeah, Fleetwood Mac was better in the 60s and the early 70s. I guess I'm playing some later 70s tunes here. So, uh, yeah, they, they just musicians, that, that band. And I still, I hate it that Bill Clinton used Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow for his uh, his nomination convention, Democrat National Convention back, what, what was that? Would have been about uh, 92 or 96, somewhere in there. This the kind of just made me kind of just like oh Fleetwood Mac. It took, took me a few decades to overcome that, but now I'm back. I can I can listen to Fleetwood again. At any rate, no, I have not said I'm not voting for Joe O'Day because of that. I have not. I've had a few, quite a few texts to studio saying you know hey you know um, we need the majority and all that. And I know all the arguments I do, but the point I am making is that this is an unforced error for O'Day. This does not help O'Day. But somehow he thinks it helps O'Day, which is why he says stuff like this. But it does not help O'Day. It only hurts O'Day. It's not going to persuade any Democrat to, like, sort of get all excited about Joe O'Day. And so I just think that this is, you know, this is a very amateurish error here. And speaking of amateurish errors, I mean, you got to listen to uh, the opponent to Joe O'Day, Michael Bennett, our do-nothing left-wing senator. He's just just absolutely useless, that guy. Of course, a good far-left uh, senator. Of course, we don't want him back in there. But he he starts talking um, on the media. I don't remember exactly which outlet this was about Joe Manchin switching over to you know, support this Inflation Reduction Act, which is, of course, a tax increase and a government spending increase is only going to increase inflation. It's just ridiculous. But he talks about he looks at it from the point of whether or not he's going to invest stocks or not based on based on this. And just I mean, this is talk about amateur errors. In my 14 years here, nothing has surprised me more to the upside in our politics than Joe Manchin coming back on the reconciliation package and getting a deal struck. So I feel good about it. I feel optimistic about it. I'm not buying or selling any stocks based on it because we don't know what where Senator Bersinema is going to be. Oh, so what's important to Bennett is whether or not you buy or sell stocks based on what happens in legislation in Washington, D.C. What a chump. What a tool. What a disservice to the citizens of Colorado. You know, politicians should be out there in D.C. thinking about their constituents, thinking about their residents of Colorado, not thinking about, hmm, I'm going to invest in the stock market based on what's going on in Washington, D.C. That's how the Bennett looks at it. I mean, this is amateur hour. And what, you know, Joe O'Day comes out and he's like, well, I... I don't want Trump to run. I don't like Trump. That's what Joe O'Day does this week. When he had that, oh, God. Anyway, folks, it's uh, we got amateur hour in Colorado. It's very disappointing. Yes, we got to get a Republican in there. But this, you know, this kind of stuff is not helping O'Day. And, of course, Bennett, I mean, they, they, they need to capitalize on that gaffe big time. But that's a little window into the soul of our senator. 
Michael Bennett. You know, he's looking at it from an investment standpoint. What what benefits his wallet? What benefits his portfolio? Oh, how do you like that, ladies and gentlemen? 303-696-1971. Let's keep saying some hellos here. Reaching over. Let's say hello to Holly next up. And welcome to the program, Holly. Hey, Matt. Boy, it's nice to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, love um, it when you take time for us. Yes. How are you? <laughs> oh, I, I listen every week, but I just haven't called in. Oh, right but, on. Um, um, I wanted to say when you were talking about Bennett, it's not amateur hour with Bennett. It's mafia hour. He is all in it for himself. That's all he cares about. Well, that quote and we, we just all need played. To remember that. Is proof positive of we that? Need to remember that. It's about him. It's not yeah. about his constituents. Should be That's beatable. Right. And with o- and with O'Day, I think we need to remind ourselves about one other that we did this. We voted for Cory Gardner because we thought once the Republican got into office, he would vote Republican. No, O'Day is young, naive. May I say stupid? Is he young? And he doesn't know what he's doing. So what we're going to have to do, if we can get, if we can get O'Day across the line, we've got to hold his feet to the fire and hold him there until he learns how to be a conservative Republican. Because he has no idea what the swamp is going to do to him. When well, he gets up there. That's why I accuse him of being an amateur and, you know, already exhibiting yeah, naivete on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be eaten alive. If he doesn't already have his awarenesses up and his defenses up, I mean, he will be chewed up and spit out by the beltway should he get elected, which he seems to be yes. sort of trying not to be in some ways, it looks like to me. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, that shows his naive. Um, there, there's some note here that has he always been a Republican, Joe O'Day? Like, do you know anything about his, his, I think so. Okay. I think so. But you know what? I, I love the authority figures, the, you know, our police departments and everything, but he was raised by the police, um, a a police officer. Mm -hmm. And I I think he was adopted, but he, um, he was raised by the police. And I think they, you know, when you're exposed to, the leftist and the and the drug addicts and all of that all your life, you're going to come out pretty liberal, if not further hmm. on the other side. Hmm. So I think he just doesn't have any idea how to be conservative. You know, when you think, think about Cory Gardner, I mean, we had Cory Gardner for mm-hmm. six years mm-hmm. in 2014 mm-hmm. to 2020, I believe was his term yeah. in office. And, Mm-hmm. I can't really remember. I, I know he voted no on the impeachments against Trump, and he voted for the Supreme Court nominees that Trump put forward, which allowed yep. a lot of positive things to happen. But is there anything else you can think of that Cory Gardner did? Um, was he well, much of a presence? I mean, did he did he Trump, do much? I mean, I Trump remember tried to help. Yeah, go go Trump ahead. Tried to help him and hang in there. Trump tried to help him and get him to hang in there and get him to do things, you know, Republican wise. He got the um, Trump put Cory Gardner in charge of moving the interior department 
out to the West Slope. He's and I guess the Interior Department is doing fantastic in Grand Junction. Okay, that's good to hear. Well, that's something. Yeah, and I believe the Space Force. Space Force was kind of and then and then he helped him get the Space Force. Yep, yep. So he he, you're just going to have to hold this man right to the fire. Now I know we, I know a lot of Republicans are going to say, "Screw it, I'm not even going to bother." But um, you know, at the same time, I don't blame them. But at the same time, if we're going to try and get there, let us, the constituents, learn that what happened with Cory Gardner can happen again. We are going to have to really make this a big part of our job to hold O'Day and make him become conservative. Right. Because, and I guess that's the question. Um, like, is that possible? Yeah. Is that feasible? I, I mean, how can we realistically do yeah. that? And um, I guess some of that depends on the political wins, you know, and if after the midterms, we start ending up in a world like Europe is heading into a little ahead of us of, you know, the fuel shortages, the food uh, inflation off the charts and real disruption. You can't get medicine over in Europe as easily as readily. Now you're seeing the riots breaking out, you know, obviously in in Sri Lanka and other places around the world, Argentina. Um, If we, end up heading into that kind of world, um, I just I think that that would open even more doors for a potential Trump 2024, and, you know, maybe O'Day would be poised to, to go along with that more than he seems to be aware of now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, that's yeah. just the, the Colorado GOP yeah. is, 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 is more rhino-type, and somehow they think that's going to be more successful in Colorado, but it has not been thus far, and we are now in a blue state. But Arizona seems to be kind of going a different direction, and I just we'll see yeah. how it plays in Arizona with with Masters and yes. uh, and Kerry Lake. So I, I was just... listening. I was listening to Gorka yesterday, and somebody called in and said they were going to call it. They were going to. Oh, I guess you dropped off, Holly. But uh, let me just say, hey, thank you, thank you, Holly. Great points, and we'll be back with more. There we go. A little bit more Fleetwood. This was the Fleetwood Mac hour. Once in a while, we just get stuck on a band. You know, the needle sticks in one groove of the 33 LP. At any rate, Matt Dunn, it is Backbone Radio, 303-696-1971. And, yeah, it's all hands on deck from the rhinos to try to save Liz Cheney. I'll be talking about that a bit more. Even her dad, Dick Cheney, came out and recorded an advertisement, political ad, in support of his daughter, Liz. But uh, <laughs> it's looking pretty uphill for Liz Cheney. New York Times has a piece on it. Of course, you know how we feel about the New York Times around here. But the headline of it is, Liz Cheney's ready to lose, but she's not ready to quit. Oh, yeah, she's probably going to like run for president or something. Whenever rhinos lose, they're like off to their next huge endeavor after their voters evict them. But... One line from the article pointed out by Britt Hume, in a state where Mr. Trump won 70% of the vote two years ago, Mrs. Cheney, Miss Cheney might as well be asking ranchers to go vegan. <laughs> that is a good line. Can't admit it. You got to admit it. It's a good line from the New York Times. And um, yeah, I don't see ranchers going vegan in Wyoming anytime soon. 
Can't wait to get the results of that primary, August 16th in Wyoming. All hands on deck to get Harriet Hageman in place and get rid of Liz Cheney. Boy, that's, you know, that's just, I got more of this primary business to be discussing and to be going over here. But they're going to be pulling every stunt they can heading into October or uh, August 16th in Wyoming. Big Axios piece on that. Uh, Republicans last minute Cheney lifeline. They're really trying. Is it going to work? At any rate, one thing I will say before I go to the phone lines is that, you know, you, you, you listen to um, talk radio and the callers um, are, you, you can sense like the lifeblood energy of the Republican Party, like where the passion is, where the energy is, where the people that pay attention and know stuff are indicating the direction of the party. And, you know, you, you hear sometimes the radio hosts come on and they're like going against it, going against that energy. And it's just, you know, caller after caller after caller. I'm not saying like around here necessarily, but caller after caller just, you know, just goes right after these people. And um, it tells you something. I mean, the, 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 the commentators and the, you know, the, the political consultant class and the people connected to the power regime and the beltway, like they have a certain outlook and they live in their media bubble. But it's the callers and talk radio that, that really show kind of what's happening. <laughs> it's like that should be a bit of an eye opener. I mean, in some ways. Right. But uh, let's say a little hello to Ron. Ron up in Conifer. And thank you for hanging on a minute, Ron. And welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? You know the uh, claim by the Democrats that uh, in Cheney that, uh, that Trump waited 187 minutes to do anything to say anything about the uh, so-called about the riot. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things that the uh, propaganda commission uh, came up with. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and anyway, after two weeks of uh, failing to clear, you know, to explain his uh, ability to refute that, finally Corcoran yesterday. Did explain it, and so you might want to get in touch with him for the because my memory is uh, just general on this. But he, he went believe, through the timeline. Good, good for Randy. Yeah, on that. Just, yeah, he, he said he, it says twenty or thirty minutes after the uh, I don't know after Trump finished his speech or twenty or thirty minutes after the uh, breach, so called, of the Capitol building. Uh, that Trump had issued uh, a tweet. It sent a tweet out, you know, to back off or whatever. And then he did another one, another roughly half an hour later, and then he did a third one, I don't know, 40 minutes after that or whatever, which uh, Twitter suppressed. Yeah, well, I mean, they they banned him entirely, and Trump recorded a video that YouTube banned, and the January 6th committee, listen to this one, I know you know this one, they keep clipping this out, this is how Trump ended up approaching the conclusion of a January 6th speech, he said this. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. So why, why does the Cheney committee, the Adam Schiff, Liz Cheney committee, keep chopping that one out of there? Well, obviously, yeah. they're, they're deceptive. Uh, they're yeah. devious, they're evil, and they're liars, okay? I mean, there's no question about that. That should but, be I mean, part of the conversation. It, it should, but these uh, these these tweets that I just mentioned that Corcoran disclosed yesterday, 
are, uh, are you know, apparently he, you know, they, they could somehow be proven that he did this, and uh, so. I yeah, I would I, like to. I would like to see specifically what those tweets are. And if I recall at the time, I felt like there were some tweets coming out, but I don't know well, exactly what they said or what they were. And so Randy Corbin probably has those on his yeah. podcast. And yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, listen to his show yesterday in the last half hour. Okay. And so you will, good and you for will, him. You'll, you'll have, he gives the exact times, and you know, I think he even tells you where you can verify it. So I thought that you should know right. that. And some of the stuff that you know Cheney keeps lying about is um, whether or not you know Trump authorized the National Guard to step uh, forward. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And um, you know, if you look at uh, oh, uh, who's who's the guy who's the uh, was the Under Secretary of Defense or assistant to one of the Secretaries of Defense who's uh, come forward? And I've got uh, I played some of his audio actually last yeah, last week. On that, but uh, he yeah. um, he's the fellow that's, that's worked with Devin Nunes over the years as well. Yeah. well um, but he's like, hey, I was in the room when Trump right. authorized that. Okay, right. and actually, last week's show, I did go through Julie Kelly's piece, January sixth for non dummies. But of course, you know, it's been it's been uh, seized upon, right? And uh, it's been become a device to try to uh, charge Trump with something. That's what they're going to try to do. Um, and yeah. uh, try to prevent him from running again. And why? Why are they so afraid of him running again? I mean, why is that? Well, obviously, well, two reasons: they're afraid he's going to beat him, and, and secondly, they just hate him beyond uh, any uh, rational uh, degree of. Uh, well, but why do they hate him? I mean, it's it's. I would say it's not it's not irrational because he is a threat to their power. He is a threat to yeah. the Beltway as usual, and he is the only threat. There, there is no other threat. You could say that maybe DeSantis could become a threat, or he is perceived as a minor threat right now. But uh, but Trump is the threat to their hold on power. And um, if they thought that he really was not having any chance of winning again, they, they would just let it all go. I mean, they would they would just uh, like say, "Yeah, go ahead. We we would love Trump to run again because, of course, we're going to beat him so badly." But that's not how they see it now, is it? And he goes to Wisconsin last night. And he has this massive packed house rally again. He's, and somebody said he's the most beloved politician yeah. we've ever had. And we've never had a politician who could fill up stadiums like this guy can. They're scared to death of him because they know how talented he's, he, he is the gigantic political talent of our generation for sure. No yeah. doubt about it. And also, it may have been on, uh, on the corporate show yesterday, but somewhere I heard a, a tape of, uh, of uh, Tense. Uh, on January fifth, saying that don't yes. worry, all uh, all the people, yep. with the, uh, all the objections to the uh, electoral yep. college, and I played those last week, uh, oh, the, the okay. Pence clips, yep. and uh, he definitely backed down on his promises. Yep. He says, I promise you, we're going to keep on fighting. We're never going to give. I right. promise you, we're going to have our day. Yep. And he let everybody down. And people are trying to make it seem like, well, Pence is, of course, he did the right thing, but he definitely, you at least have to say, went against what he said he was going to do. Right, and so that's uh, that's Pence, the phony. For he's you. also one. He's also the one that torpedoed Flynn. Too. Yeah, he. Oh, Pence. Pence was nothing but a radioactive presence. If you look at his staffers and who he brought in with him for those four years. By the way, it's Cash Patel. Cash Patel has been explicitly clear, documented, even with the acting Secretary of Defense about Trump and the National Guard. But I did. They said I wouldn't devote the show to that. But great points, Ron. Thank you. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.